Hi there. Welcome to Accountable Arizona Election 2022. For today's episode, I talked to Anna Hernandez and Annalise Ortiz of LD24. I felt like Senator-elect Hernandez and Representative-elect Ortiz were perfect to start out this series. They are two badass women of Arizona who saw their communities suffering and stepped up to help. I think that every politician in Arizona should be paying attention to both Anna and Annalise as an example. I hope you enjoy learning more about them and how they hope to serve their community. Please be advised that this episode does contain some swearing. Who are you? My name is Anna Hernandez, and I'm running for the Arizona State Senate seat in Legislative District 24, which is um, the west side of Maryville and downtown South Glendale, and I will be on the ballot for that entire district. And I'm Annalise Ortiz, and I am running for the House of Representatives in the same district. Dynamic duo. <laughs> um, are you both originally from Arizona? Uh, yeah, I was born and raised in um, Phoenix, Arizona, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lifer. I'm a lifer here. <laughs> I am born and raised in Arizona and just grew up always knowing that our state was in the headlines for something foolish and eventually I really wanted to change that because I love this state. It's where my nieces and my nephew are growing up and we honestly deserve better. What makes you love Arizona? There's just so much beautiful things like I love desert, I love the mountains, the scenery, um, the people, the food, the culture, the music, the sunsets. I don't like the monsoons. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, I mean, those are some of the reasons that I really love being from here and living here. I love the monsoons. <laughs> it's like my favorite season. Yes. I love the landscape. Hiking and being outdoors is one of my favorite things. And I, I love our people. Our people are really resilient. And, like, because we are a state that's hostile to immigrants' rights, hostile to public education, you know, has historically had police departments, law enforcement that violates civil rights. We have very strong people that are um, have spent decades fighting back and really changing the tides politically, and that's inspiring as hell. Yeah, our spirit is great. Yeah, so many just different cultures coming together to like form this uniform spirit, right? That one of fighting and tough seems cliche, but like yeah, tough badass. Arizona. Yeah, no, that's being served. Yeah, that's true, right? Beauty in that in that fight, in that strength, and you know, to Annalise's point, it's like people are so resilient here, just really fighting for the things we believe in, and that there is beauty in that, right? It's just beautiful to see. What of some of those communities are extra special to you, or see you see yourself in um, that might have helped you get to where you are? I mean, the communities I grew up in, right? The ones that are neglected so often but even in the worst of times like we find beautiful things to celebrate we find reasons to come together we find reasons to celebrate each other celebrate our wins you know and sharing the struggle right and help each other out like friends that become family uh, neighbors that watch out for each other that if your water heater is messing up they're going to come over and help you out or if you need a built something, they're going to come and help you put it together. Those communities that have so much culture in it, the people that are hard workers that have busted their asses to achieve even the most minimal of things, 
those are the communities that are near and dear to my heart, right? The ones that are impacted by violence in all shapes from the state. And that's what led me here is I grew up, I'm from those communities and I want to help my own my own neighbors, my own family, my own friends, fight for those things, right? Fight for better and have a better, joyous, healthy life. And those are the communities that are dear, near and dear to my heart, and those are the communities that are in LD24. LD24, uh, our Maryville community, is so beautiful and so strong and just such incredible people who are hardworking and really are always there for each other, whether it's to have you come over for the carne or to, you know, help in a kind of crisis or time of need. And so I really want to see our community presented in a way that truly speaks to the beauty uh, and the, the honesty and integrity of the people who live there and all that um, culture really encompasses. So I feel so proud to be, you know, the Democratic nominee for our district. I'm ready to move. How do you plan on using your power to help build community further than it's already at in your district? I think that there's multiple ways to do that. And one of the key, you know, the reality is that the Democrats are going to are going to walk into the Senate specifically um, from my side of the of, of the aisle with a minority lead, right? We're we're going to be in the minority, and the chances of us passing great legislation is probably very minimal, especially depending on the governor's race and you know a few other races. But there's opportunity in blocking also harmful harmful legislation, right? Like as a, as a new senator, as a very progressive, probably the most progressive senator that's going to be in the legislature coming up, I think there's tons of opportunity to push back, to hold the line on certain values, and to remind, right, to remind the rest of the legislature that we should be focusing on the values of people and the values of community. Um, as someone that has been directly impacted by police violence, they're going to have to listen to me, to my story all the time, and they cannot hide from it, they cannot get away from it. And, you know, I hope that that's also right. I'm speaking for other families that have experienced the same, and it's going to allow me to really hold my ground on my values and that's the value of community, the value of family, and that's what got me into that seat. So that's what I intend to keep doing um, when I get there. Um, because our communities deserve a voice in the Senate, and I'm, they chose me to be that voice. And so I'm going to use it to my full ability yes. all the time. All four. I think we have a big issue of hiding from things mm -hmm. in Arizona, so I'm very glad we're going to get more voices that are going to call it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think I think one of the there was a huge disconnect, right? We were both out knocking on doors every single day, um, talking to people in our district, and there is a huge disconnect. Um, it just comes to what people need and what our legislators have been doing down at the Capitol. So I think one of the most powerful things that we can do is bring the community to the decision-making table, and whether that is you know holding town halls, community events where we're educating people about the process and then actually physically bringing them to the Capitol with us to give testimony, to sit in on these hearings and to make sure that, again, the people in those seats remember that they are accountable to Arizona. And fighting for the priorities that 
every day are impacting people, like the cost of rent. Rent is skyrocketing. The, our legislators are discussing all kinds of solutions, but many of them do not center people. And they are, you know, in some circumstances, shutting out any conversations about rent control or actual tangible solutions that can help people that are living paycheck to paycheck right now. So housing is one issue that I really want to work on, and I hope to do that in very close um, communication with the community. Awesome, yeah. Especially with, we continuously see these giant private equity firms buying up our homes and... No, like currently there's no there's no regulations around that, right? I was just saw a video on social media where there was, I think she, she's a realtor or she works in real estate, very familiar, and the percentage of the affordable housing that investment groups and hedge funds are buying up is ridiculous. It is. Everyone thinks yeah. it's like Californians yeah. no, coming no, no, no. in and it's it like, no. Not. Yeah, it's all corporate greed yeah. and unfortunately there are a lot of legislators who give into that corporate greed because those are the yeah. folks filling their campaigns. Yeah. Yeah. They benefit from it, right? They benefit right. from folks being unhoused, from folks being priced out of their homes and living in poverty. Like, they benefit from that. Right. And it's time for us, young new voices, that actually give a shit about community members are in their seating. What do you think is the best way for voters to hold AC politicians accountable? Showing up, showing up to when we have a town hall, when we have a community meeting, show up and talk to us. We're hitting the doors and going to your homes, right? It's hard, hard for, for folks to make it to something. So we are the type of elected officials that are going to go knock on doors and continue to have that presence in the community. Open the door, have that conversation with us. Also organize, right? Show up. The more we can bring people and community into this space to understand what bills are moving, if there's a call to action, join us, right? Join us at the Capitol to give testimony, to vote, to get involved with any movement organizations, right? Any any organizers in the community that are doing the work, connect with them, but speak up. Yeah. Speak up and tell us exactly what is needed, how you feel, um, and if we are doing our job or not. Like, they, that's the one thing. It's like, we got to stop being afraid to use our voice the way that I would really encourage um, our, our community members to let us know um, and to hold us accountable, right? Not just us, but other elected officials, because if we can make... LD24 healthy and successful, that translates to benefiting all of Arizona. So it's also about holding not just us as their representatives accountable, it's holding the other state legislators accountable as well. You know, so often during elections, we'll hear, you have to vote. Voting is your voice. Voting is the most powerful thing you can do. Voting is very important, but showing up after the election and continuing to hold electeds accountable is just as important. And the reason, what, what proof that it's important, and I know Anna knows this well, having given public testimony at many city council meetings, is we start to see the elected officials changing public comments to either limit our time, to put it at the end of the meeting, um, to change things around because they don't want to listen to our voices. Right. This is an especially and a problem at the state legislature because in the committee hearings, the chairman has complete control. And what they'll do is they'll see a room full of people ready to share their story, people who drew from rural, rural Arizona. And they'll say, we're only letting three speakers speak.
So that's how you know your voice is powerful when these people in power are actively working to shut you out of the process. We need to get louder. We need to get involved. And one awesome way, like you said, is to get involved with those community organizations on the ground doing the work who know exactly where you can plug in, who will train you, offer you guidance and expertise on, on the policy issues, but also on, you know, how to attend these meetings. Because they aren't, at, they might feel a little intimidating, and they definitely try to make it inaccessible because, again, they don't want us there. But when you go down to a city council meeting and you're surrounded by people who care about the same issue you do and you are getting to look those elected officials in the face and say, I voted for you and I need you to do this now, it is very, very powerful. So I would encourage people to give it a shot. Yes, it's definitely, I think, a big, there is the parts that are inaccessible or confusing, mm -hmm. but it's definitely a lot more powerful than it is scary yeah. to do once you start going, right? Yeah, I mean, I remember the first, the first thing that I spoke at, it was, I think there, there was thousands of people there because there was that Pilgrim Rest Church and there was Chief uh, Phoenix Police Department Chief was there, Mayor was there, right? There was a lot of elected officials there and that was about three years ago and now I'm I have a seat, right, at the table of how policies can be dictated, and that was because I showed up, started speaking out, and I, I made them listen. And I made them listen to my story and my experience, and now I'm on that side of trying to change the laws so that, you know, we benefit from it. And so, you know, to Annalisa's point, it is, it's, it's so intimidating the way that they restrict it, right? I don't... I can't tell you my full story in two minutes, but that's what I have to do and do it repeatedly so that these officials listen. And so, yeah, it's like, to Annalise's point, like, show up and give it a shot. And after a few times, it's, you're going to be pro at it. Yeah. And you're going to know how to speak up and, and, you know, and you start gaining power in that and just really confidence in sharing and demanding what, what you want as a community member, right, and as an Arizonan. So it's, it's, I love seeing folks show up and speak out because it's so powerful. What else on the uh, Arizona ballot are you excited to vote for or who, whether it be propositions or another candidate, who are you excited to vote for? I'm excited for proposition, I think it's 308, the uh, interstate tuition for DACA. Yep. For, uh, I'm really excited to see that proposition on the ballot, um, so I really hope that everybody rallies behind that that initiative and we really make that um, more accessible, right, because higher education is important to the folks that want to go, right, and continue that, that path. They should be paying the same rates that, I mean, there's a whole other conversation to be had on University of college education being free, but you know, yeah. I digress. <laughs> but that's a start, right? But to get that, get soccer recipients to get in state tuition would be huge right. and would encourage some, of, some more of our folks to, to choose that path and go down that path. Especially when so many have been going to Arizona public high schools, mm -hmm. it just makes yeah. sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm also excited just for. The opportunity to shift some change in the state and hopefully get some democratic control in some of these statewide seats. It'd be really amazing to see that shift of power from a Republican state over to a Democratic state. So I'm excited to hopefully see that happen. 
state treasurer like Martin Quesada be in office, right? Like an uh, office that nobody ever really pays attention to, but actually controls the entire Arizona portfolio and, you know, they control money. Um, so that's exciting to see um, that race on the ballot as well. Yeah. Especially when we know historically that money has not been going back to the community. Yeah. That we're seeing. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So I'm excited for that. And then, you know, on the, I think Annalise might touch on the county attorney race. So, um, but yeah, that's probably the most I'm excited about. But I'll let Annalise talk yeah. a little bit about that one. Yeah, all those really important. I really want to see Prop 308 pass. Yeah, I'm really excited to see Julie Gunnigal on the ballot again for Maricopa County Attorney. You know, this is a special election, so we weren't expecting for her to have an opportunity um, to be elected, but this position is so important. Uh, you know, we had years, decades of corruption in that office, and we saw that really come to a head um, in 2020 with uh, political prosecutions in which the county attorney's office brought false charges against people that were protesting police violence. They were exercising their First Amendment rights, and the police department made up charges uh, in order to suppress their free speech. So that's just one of many issues that fall under the umbrella of the county attorney's office. The other is uh, abortion, right? Um, you know, Republicans right now in Arizona are trying to completely outlaw and criminalize abortion care. And there are already laws that would mandate, you know, prison time um, for either doctors or the patients. And Julie Gunnigal uh, has taken the pledge since the first time she ran for this position that she would not prosecute doctors or patients under these very unjust, inhumane, and harmful laws. That's from the 1800s. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> from literally yeah. from before Arizona was a state. Yeah. So we cannot take that race lightly, and it's one of those races that people don't pay a lot of attention to. They might get tired of filling out a very long ballot and uh, not even make a selection in the county attorney's race, and that's where I hope we can make a difference. Um, you know, we're continuing to knock on doors and talk to voters. I'm sure they fill out the entire ballot um, because every single race is important and the stakes are very, very high. Yeah. I don't know, it's so, sometimes I find it frustrating, I think, because we have so many talented people running and I think they, these races get wrote off when in reality it's Julie's, we're counting on Julie to keep abortion accessible. Kathy Hoffman for superintendent. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, these are high stake races that because our public education has not been where it needs yeah. to be so far. We don't understand the inner workings, but hopefully through the podcast we can educate a little yeah. bit more and get some excitement um, yeah. and not just despair. And yeah. where so we know, as we've kind of touched on, Arizona has a long history of white supremacy. How do you think, as and from an elected official standpoint, we can fight it, and then what do you think, as fellow Arizonans, we can do to stand up and fight back? I mean, I think from as a as an elected official from the elected official side, we have to call them out. We have to stand our ground, and every single time that these GOP extremists just continue to perpetuate this 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 white supremacy, like we have to call it out. And then we have to find ways to get them out of office, right? Like, you cannot be part.
part of a white supremacist group like the Oath Keepers and continue to be in office? Like, how is that allowable? And that's allowable because the GOP controls the, the, the legislature, so they won't hold their own people accountable. It's, you know, that's just egregious to me. It's like how we have elected officials that are insurrectionists, that are part of the Oath Keepers, and they are allowed to retain their position. Yeah. And that's just, like, you cannot expect me to believe that if you're part of those groups, you care about my life. Absolutely. Right? Like, you, you can't, that doesn't make sense. I don't believe that. And so the fact that they're allowed to remain in office is ridiculous. I think that we have to find ways to either introduce laws that will prohibit that or find ways to get them out of the, uh, out of the legislature um, with what we have. And so from a, from a elected official, from a policy, policy side, right, advocating for these changes in accountability, um, from a non-elected official side, again, show up and speak out, plug in with the groups that are doing the work to fight against white supremacy, right, show up at board meetings, um, at school board meetings, show up at city council meetings, show up and like let's exercise our voice as a community because there is power there, right? Like to Annalise's earlier point, these people don't want to hear our voice. They know they're fearful of the power of it when it's united. And so if all of us step into our power as people and come together with with folks that carry those same values, like we, they can't turn away from that. And so that's where you put pressure uh, on your elected officials to do something, to change their behavior and to get them out of the legislature. Because, you, yeah, you cannot be, <laughs> you cannot uphold white supremacy and make me believe that you care about my life or the, peop- the lives of people that look like me. You just yeah. can't. And I touched on all of the actual white supremacists and racists who are elected to our government and we have to have to shine a light on that continue to hold them accountable and to know that none of their behavior is acceptable Um, but this is such a big question because this country was founded on white supremacy so it really does touch every policy issue that we are going to be voting on from housing to education to the criminal justice system and beyond Um, what is important is to approach every piece of legislation from a racial justice lens and to also bring that to the committee hearings, right? When we are talking about, you know, development of uh, uh, fossil fuel plants, uh, like the one in Randolph, um, Arizona, which is a historically black community, poisoning the air um, that's going to disproportionately impact black Arizonans, why is that? and it's because of racism and, and, and white supremacy. So finding all of the ties in every issue and making sure that it is very clear um, to our colleagues uh, and to the community uh, what exactly is happening with these policies. And then on, a, on another note of just you know folks in the community, what can you do is to call out white supremacy within your own life. Call it out amongst your family members, um, your friends, in your workplace. Those are difficult conversations, but it is so important. And I will tell you, and as a person of color um, who's been in workplaces where I'm one of the only people of color, it is tough. And when you have, you know, allies who can help you and, and, and you don't have to be the one taking on the labor all the time, it goes a long way. So be that. Uh, not only ally but accomplice to other folks of color uh, in your workplace um, and call it out where you see it.
being an ally is more of a verb, right, yeah. than a fun yeah. noun. Yeah. What, I guess, just in a more kind of, I guess, lighter note, what keeps you showing up each day? I mean, the people. The people keep me showing up. The people that sacrifice so much time with their families, with their loved ones to help me knock on doors. The people that are invested in this race and in, in me winning my seat and the purpose behind it, right? And my family, my family keeps me showing up. My brother's story, my dad's story. They keep me showing up because it's like, I can't have lost my brother and my dad because the state enables behaviors and it just be in vain. So that keeps me showing up because they're my fuel to do this. Yeah, ultimately that's what keeps me showing up. It's like, I can't have went through all this for no reason and like, turn, I gotta turn that pain into purpose and into power and I'm gonna continue doing it day in and day out. Thank you. Definitely, you know, the, the people of LB24 keep me showing up. Um, every voter that took time to open their door and talk to us and to share their stories and their personal struggles and then to entrust us with their vote is a tremendous responsibility. And people felt the impact of their vote in this election. Um, there were voters that cried um, because... We got on the doors with us. Yes. Yeah. Um, because they were so encouraged to see, you know, women of color stepping up to run and that still have some kind of faith in this really, really awful system and in this really dark moment we're in as a nation. And that was so powerful. And then we had voters laugh with us yes. and have a great time, you know, and um, be so happy when we won and giving us hugs. And, you know, it really just the bonds that... I think both of us were able to build with so many people in the community is powerful and it's never ever something that I will take for granted. So every single vote that I take, I will remember every voter who trusted me and who was vulnerable with me and who needs our representation. I'm also an auntie to six kids and they're growing up here and you know things are almost worse than they were when I was a kid when it comes to our public education, the water crisis, the housing crisis. And not only them, but every child in this state deserves so much better. Yeah. And that concludes our first episode of Accountable Arizona Election 2022. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Anna and Annalise, and remember that while the headlines may seem to be grim, we do have some genuinely amazing people who want to serve us Arizonans. Stay accountable, Arizona. I'll see you soon. Intro and outro music, All of Your Days, by local Arizona artist Junk Dior. Thank you, Black Sheep Coffee, for allowing us to film, and thank you to Anna and Annalise for being willing to speak with me and stand up for Arizonans everywhere.